It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into to a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. Each of you are treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You were made for this moment. Thank you to this team that I get to work with. And that is producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Jen, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Uh, it is an honor to get to work with each and every one of you. It is a big day for us, producer Steve. Monday, March 14th, a historical day for this show. It is a historical day. We are moving to two hours, 6 to 8 a.m. And the last segment of the second hour, we will be taking call-ins, which uh, with the one-hour show, we just never really had time to do that. And so I will be very excited to hear from you. Ideally, what we would like to do is have you Monday through Thursday comment on something that we talked about on this particular show. Friday, we'll have open line Friday, just like Rush Limbaugh used to have, Producer Steve. Oh, what a fine tradition. Yes. Yes, a great tradition. So today, 6 to 8 a.m., we've got a great show planned for you today as well. And uh, excited. It's it's a little, uh, a little daunting, a little new for us, Producer Steve, but it is very exciting. I... Oh, this may be a, not a good metaphor here. I liken it to when I was a kid and we go down to the pond when the water would freeze in the winter and we'd test the ice. <laughs> but hopefully there will be no falling through. No falling through. I don't think there will be. Um, be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our upcoming uh, guests, our most recent op-eds, our most recent podcast. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who contribute to support us. It is through our great advertisers and uh, always looking for partners that you think that we align, uh, that we can help you grow your business, you can help support the show. Uh, would love to chat with you about that. Jen Hewlin, I can get you connected with her on that. So we have these great sponsors that I highly recommend each and every one of them, as well as many of you who contribute uh, to support us because we are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. It's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood via force. Uh, I mean, look at what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, people's rights, their property, their freedom, and their livelihood is being taken by force right now. Uh, but with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, or the latest silent thief, which is government-induced inflation. And whenever we have these milestones on the show, uh, typically my first guest is Dr. Brian Dimitrovic. And you know him. He's an economic historian. And he's written a number of books, but he did write the book with a co-author that with Larry Kudlow, JFK and the Reagan Revolution, The Secret to American Prosperity. And it's been a while since we've had him on the show, so he will be our featured guest in this first hour. 
And uh, uh, again, this government-induced inflation is really hurting people across across the spectrum. I was um, talking with a, a young woman on Friday and about inflation and the increase in costs and gas, just everything. And she said, did I like Donald Trump's tweets? No. Did I like his personality? She said, no. But did I like him as my president? She said, absolutely. And I think people are awakening to bad public policy and how it can hurt us. And all of this that's going on right now is because of bad Democrat policy right now, Producer Steve. If you're looking for an argument, you're not going to get one here. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, It had a great America's Veterans Stories that broadcast yesterday with Brian Ivers, Marine veteran, uh, part two. And that was, uh, we've had two interviews with him, and that was really great as well. So always be sure and check out on Sunday afternoon, 3 to 4 p.m., our America's Veterans Stories. And as I mentioned, the show comes to you because of great sponsors. One of those sponsors that has been with us for a long time is Hooters Restaurants. And it's really been because of a, a free market question when I was on city council that we became friends. And, and because of that, they've been just a great supporter of the show. And they have five locations, Lone Tree, Westminster, Aurora, Colorado Springs, and Loveland. And uh, I, I can't believe it. It's um, March Magic. Uh, the, the college basketball tournaments are starting. I can't believe that we're in the middle of March, Producer March, Steve. March Madness? Or, yeah, I guess it's March okay. Madness. Yeah. I don't follow very close. So when you said March, would you say magic? I said I March magic. Maybe I missed something and it's now called that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is March Madness, but it's March magic specials at Hooters restaurants. Ah. And those uh, began yesterday. They'll go through Monday, April 4th. And it's available at their participating locations and uh, just all kinds of specials. So be sure and check that out. Let's go. Oh, just a quick question. With this whole thing Uh with Ukraine, I was going through headlines. I like to just go through those to see what's going on on a lot of the mainstream media. And it's Ukraine, 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 Ukraine. There's hardly anything about COVID. And where's Fauci? Uh, I mean, it's it's what happened. And Walensky. They both disappeared. They're still trying to control lives, though. But they have disappeared. And this this thing in Ukraine is, is so tragic for everyday people, both on the Russian side and on the Ukrainian side. However, the way it's being just plastered, and, and it's almost like they tried to scare everybody through COVID. Now they're trying to scare everybody regarding World War III. And I, I don't quite understand what's going on. And I find it so interesting, Steve. And again, I haven't just totally drilled down on this. But I guess in this big omnibus bill, there is uh, billions of dollars for Ukraine. But yet, my understanding is, is that uh, they actually need jets. They actually need some equipment, not some of this... Um, uh, dollars to throw at uh, at Putin, but they actually need some equipment, and we wouldn't help out on the equipment, but willing to give all this money. And as we look back in the past, Ukraine, the gov- many in the government, the bureaucrats, have been a big laundromat for 
American politicians to launder money to get back into their campaigns here. So I'm wondering if that 13-something billion that's going over there is going to be coming back into politicians' pockets for the next election. You are so shrewd. I mean, you're almost predicting the future here. So stand by. I mean, what... Because they need equipment, but they're getting money, and it's been a big laundromat for American politicians. What was said early on in that first week, I guess they were volunteering to move some things around, and the Ukrainian president said, I I need equipment. I don't need a ride. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear that. Okay, let's see. What's coming up here? March 22nd. The Colorado Hispanic Republicans have a senatorial forum. You can get the information at the Colorado Hispanic Republican website by your ticket, and I will be moderating that. Excited about that. And March 26th is our media training workshop, our second one that I am doing with Helen Raleigh. And if you're running for office, considering running for office, if you have an issue that you are passionate about, this is really a great uh, a, a great workshop. So we would love to have you join us, and you can sign up for that. Uh, and um, there is a fee for that as well on my website, kimmunson.com. Let's go over here to our quote for today, Producer Steve. My neighbor sent a, a number of all these little Charlie Brown cartoons to me, and I just I, I looked at them and I thought I wanted to share that with you all today. So Charles Schultz was born in 1922. He died in 2000 and was an emotional genius, you might recall. October 3, 1950, Peanuts first debuted in seven newspapers under the United Features Syndicate. It was developed by Charles M. Schultz, who was raised Lutheran in Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Peanuts ran for nearly 50 years and was published in 2,600 newspapers, 75 countries, and 21 languages. And he said this, he said, worrying won't stop the bad stuff from happening. It just stops you from enjoying the good. And I thought with all these headlines trying to scare everybody and make us worry about our future, I just loved that. I was talking to my neighbor yesterday. He was out <laughs> taking in his Christmas lights, <laughs> but the weather was perfect, yada, yada. But we were talking about these things, and I told him, I sat down yesterday morning uh, you know, with the first cup of coffee, and I felt so tense over what's happening in this country, in the world, and it goes to that, that quote you just said. I was thinking, I have all kinds of things that I could be upbeat about happy about and i'm not uh, i'm get letting all this other stuff get to me so i think it's important to be informed and that's why we do the show but also we need to realize there's hope uh humankind we've been in difficult situations before we are americans we need to drill down deep to who we are as americans and each of us needs to step forward into this moment um Let's talk about the bill of the day. We've got a pretty jam-packed show here. I want to go through some headlines. But the bill of the day is House Bill 22-1121, supporting local media. Concerning supporting local media, the sponsor is Lisa Cutter. Guess what? She's a Democrat, and she's a public relations consultant. So, boy, we're seeing a lot of these things go through. People in a specific industry, and then they're running legislation that benefits their industry. 
Talk about cronyism. But anyway, it says it would require all state departments to spend at least 50% of the money they spend on advertising to Colorado residents in a fiscal year on, on advertising through local newspapers. The bill further requires all departments to report, oh, here's the bureaucracy, have to report, on their advertising spending during their annual state measurement for accountable, responsive, and transparent government act. They call that the SMART Act. It's probably an unsmart act. But it creates an income tax credit for supporting local newspapers. Well, what about local uh, talk show hosts, Steve? What, what about that? Well, maybe you can get in on this somehow. I, I don't want to get in on this. No, this I, is picking winners and losers. This is not what go- government should do. If, in fact, you can support your local newspaper because you pay less in taxes, then it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that maybe if you lower taxes across the spectrum, it might be good for everybody. And so, again, this is House Bill 221121 out there picking winners and losers, creating some more bureaucratic reports. That is not the proper role of government. And you want to comment on that? Well, in uh, this particular thing that we're looking at is written by Jeffrey Roberts from the CFOIC. Is that Colorado Freedom of Information something? Yes, correct. All right. He's, you know, his descriptor, House Bill 221121, introduced by Democrat Representative Lisa Cutler of Littleton. Here it comes. Is designed to boost revenue for print, online, and broadcast news organizations. Now, if they're individual private entities why does the state have to be involved in that well and again if if in fact taxes are high and people aren't investing in that then let's lower taxes but the other thing that you see there is the picking the winners and losers which that is not the proper role of government and and many of these um uh, i know at least with our community newspaper uh there's times that i've i've tried to get something printed in there and sometimes they won't and so we need a free press. We don't need government coming in and picking winners and losers. Uh, let's go to break. Before we, well, yeah, let's go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Brandy Bradley, and she is a candidate uh, for House District, I think it's 39. And uh, so we want to chat with her about why she's thrown her hat in the ring. We'll be right back. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, 
force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do that. On the line with me is Brandy Bradley. She is a candidate for House District 39. Excuse me. Yeah, House District 39. And uh, Brandy, welcome to the show. Good morning, Ken. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, great to have you. Uh, Why did you decide to run for House District 39? There was a few reasons. Um, It started with the recall effort for Governor Polis, the damage that he was causing to our state and trickling down to our county was infuriating. And so I started with petitions going door to door. But perhaps the biggest reason I threw my hat in the arena was um, children's education and the lack of parental rights and the lack of transparency in curriculum when my kids went to remote learning and were spending about an hour on schoolwork while their friends in charter schools and private schools were going year round all day. And I was seeing this poor educational experience for my children over really no comprehensive science to keep them home. I got involved. I think a lot of people have really gotten involved. Did you see anything when your kids were home on online regarding curriculum that concerned you? Well, just the lack of curriculum, right? I mean, to spend an hour a day on schoolwork while their counterparts and friends were in school for seven hours a day, it scared me. I knew that they were going to start to get behind, and they did. We're now at 50% in Douglas County of kids that are at reading and math level proficiently. You know, and the problem about it is you can't get second grade back. You can't get third grade back. Now, granted, uh, I, I think there can be summer school, variety of things like that. But it, it, it didn't have to be that way. Right, Randy? It didn't have to be that way. Our previous school board spent almost a million dollars on a remote training um, computer software program that we never used. They spent $37,000 on Gemini training for curricular or um, critical race theory, excuse me, that we ended up taking out because of parents like me that fought for it. And all the while, our kids just kept getting behind over a pandemic that had a statistic of 0.001% to kill our children. So... um, going down to the state house, what would be some of the legislation that you would uh, either try to pass or get repealed? Oh, there are so many things I would like to get repealed. The comprehensive sex education starting in preschools for our children, um, children that our seniors have to go through education for LGBTQ to graduate. Um, there is a push. My old pediatrician, we switched, thankfully provided that consent to parents had to happen by your child if they were age 12 and older, meaning I couldn't get into my child's chart if he was 12 years of age unless my 12-year-old consented to let me be a part of his chart. That's what's being pushed. Newsom pushed it in California, and it's coming here. And your pediatrician, I mean, you had a personal experience on that? I had a personal experience. I called and said, I can't get into my child's chart. He was 12 at the time. And they said that their age of consent at my previous pediatrician, now this is someone that I had been with since my 15-year-old was a baby, um, I could not get in unless my 12-year-old gave me consent to his chart. Wow. <laughs> we are, I think, Brandy, at the tip of the spear here in Colorado with many of these things that are occurring. And... Uh, 
is would you say that it's the children's issues are, are the main thing with you? I mean, we take a look at uh, there's a lot of other issues here in Colorado as well. Uh, energy, our, our um, rural Colorado, our beef industry. What's your thoughts about all that? I think there's so many fights that we have on our hands. All of those are very important to me. I mean, I feed a family of seven, so the beef industry is very important to my family. Inflation rates being at their highest since 1982. Uh, Colorado being the number one state in auto and property theft is very concerning. Homelessness coming uh, down to Douglas County from Denver is important to me. Um, pro, being a pro-life advocate in the reproductive equity policy that they're pushing through uh, onto the Senate floor is extremely concerning to me. As a small business owner, the way that Polish shut down small businesses and even churches with no real comprehensive science to do it is concerning. I think that the attack on our children is only part of it. The attack on our faith, the attack on our liberty, the attack on our Constitution. It, there's, there's so many aspects of what I'm fighting so, Brandy, the process now, we're, we're coming into the county assemblies, and there's two ways that people can get onto the ballot here in Colorado. One is to go through these assembly processes, and uh, people have gone to their caucuses already and, and have been elected, and each of those caucuses, it's a meeting of neighbors, have elected their delegates to the county assemblies. And so decisions will be made there. How does that work exactly, Brandy? And then also people can petition on. So there's a couple of options. Uh, Which way are you pursuing or both on getting onto the ballot? Well, I think the beautiful thing about caucus this year is so many people showed up. When I was in Sedalia, there was over 200 people in one precinct. Four showed up two years ago and 40 showed up this year. So county assembly is this coming Saturday at Castleview High School. We go in and we get to listen to all the state seats, the county seats. I am not petitioning on. I'm going through county assembly. I think it's important for my neighbors and my community to hear why I'm running and what I'm running for. Okay. And uh, so Douglas County is this weekend. I think you'll have to check with each county on when uh, their assembly is um, going to be held. Brandy, how can people get more information about you? Thank you so much for asking, Kim. My website is Brandy Bradley for forhd39.com. You can also email me at Brandy Bradley for hd39 at gmail.com. Okay, one more time, give all that. It's always good to give it twice. Sure. It's Brandy with an I, Bradley, forhd39.com, and Brandy Bradley for hd39 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from the community. This is the reason I'm running. Okay. Brandy Bradley, thank you so much. Thanks, Kim, for having me. You bet. And before we get over here to Keith Rennison, I did just want to make a comment. Uh, Brandy had referenced this, um, I think they call it, what is it, Health Reproductive Equity Act. Uh, it's basically the um, the abortion bill that is going through the state house right now uh, a lot of emotion is is occurring right now i know a lot of people reached out to the their legislators the republicans filibustered that i think uh well into the night on friday uh, but it looks like it's going to go ahead and, and be passed uh, probably through the house and then i think it has to go to the senate and then i think uh, governor polis would have to sign that but a number of my friends went down to the pro-life um, rally on saturday and apparently there were protesters there that were just 
just saying terrible, vile things. And my friends, we have to, and, and what this bill does is basically it says that a baby can be aborted right up until the moment of birth here in Colorado. My friends, I think we have to kind of dig down deep and ask us if that's okay with us. And I've got to think most of us say that's not. Uh, And then to have legislators that are not listening to uh, the people that basically are just going ahead and, and steamrolling this through, making Colorado the most aggressive state in the country and also one of the most aggressive places in the whole world on this particular issue. Uh, Producer Steve, is there something you wanted to say on that? Well, it was you who educated me to this. I had no idea before the words Roe v. Wade were uttered, which was, what, 73, Mm -hmm. uh, when the Supreme Court acted. But as far back as 1967, which I did my math, I think it's, I forget the number of years, like 65 years this has been a deal, a, a thing in Colorado. So it's 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 really nothing new, right? But they're just trying to put it into into law. And again, um, Patty had a piece about that regarding that Colorado was the first to approve abortion on that. But my my friends, we have to ask: Are we for life or are we for death? And America was founded on this idea of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And that is our DNA. We have to stand for that. Uh, let's go over here to Keith Renison. He is a sponsor of the show. And he's, he's a storyteller. He's uh, about resiliency and tenacity. And uh, welcome to the show, Keith Renison. Good morning, Kim. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That's exactly what it's all about, isn't it? It is. I, and I, I want to chat a little bit about you this morning. Uh, oh, dear. Because, that, because you embody that. Uh, it, we had International Women's Day a, a, a few days ago, and uh, I, I hear in the news that, I, uh, that you're, you're expanding your show by an extra hour. Yes, we are. And in that expansion, you're growing. You're pursuing those things that are near and dear to our hearts and in our country. And without knowing it, you are exhibiting the traits that I talk about in my keynotes and in workshops and how I help employers, which is tenacity, resilience, imagination, and purpose. How many years have you been in business now? I've been solo. uh, uh, We're starting our fourth year. Fourth year. Well, congratulations. Thank that you. That's very cool. It's nice to see that kind of growth with employers in Colorado, seeing things occurring the way that you want them to, all based on your vision and your purpose. What was your purpose when you first came out with the show? It, you know, that's a great question, Keith. It's been evolving. I mean, I knew in my heart that we wanted to help people find truth and clarity in these issues. But it it has actually taken some time. I can't say that the first day that I came on the air, I understood that exactly. It's in many ways, it's just been the good Lord nudging me along. <laughs> and He has a way of doing. That. He does, doesn't He? <laughs> and that's what I think that most small employers look look to for what they want in life. They want to be able to have a vision that their employees can wrap their arms around. And I think that's what you've done probably with yours, is that you talk with your employees uh, and you share with them what your vision is. And 
in that in that uh, quest, you talk about tenacity and resilience in you know getting through the hard times, bouncing back, and growing, and then and doing it with imagination and with purpose. And I think that you embody you know what a lot of people are looking forward to doing now that we're coming out of the pandemic. Now, if we can just come out of the uh, environment that the Democrats have given us, <laughs> we'll we will have a whole lot more of a bright future ahead of us without the the inflation and other things that are grappling with a lot of employers right now. So I, I wanted to chat with you a little this morning about you and where you have come from and what you have done, because it, it's admirable. And how do you feel about the growth and the expansion of the hour? We're very excited. I was talking with producer Steve in our pre-call, and we're very excited, and it's a little daunting as well, Keith. And uh, But um, we're stepping forward into this. Very grateful to Crawford Broadcasting for the opportunity. And uh, it's always it's always kind of interesting when you start to step out there in that leap of faith. But that's kind of the American idea, right, Keith? Yes, and at the bottom of my emails, it says, everything you desire is just outside your comfort zone. And I think, that, <laughs> I, think, I, think I think you have stepped outside your comfort zone many times. <laughs> well, congratulations on the growth of the show. Well, thank you so much. And Keith, I know that you're a storyteller, you're a speaker. How can people get more information about you? Uh, KeithRenanson.com and... It's spelled with four N's, R-E-N-N-I-N-S-O-N. Or they can go to the triptechnique.com and learn more about my assessment to help employers educate their employees. Okay. Well, Keith Rennison, thank you so much. And uh, again, that's R-E-N-N-I-N-S-O-N. So KeithRennison.com, correct? Yes, ma'am. That's okay. it. Okay. And thank you for your partnership as well. I greatly appreciate it. It's always a pleasure, Kim. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Dr. Brian Dimitrovic regarding our economy. Stay tuned. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. On the line with me is Dr. Brian Dimitrovic. He is an economic historian. He's the author of several books. Uh, the one that he co-wrote with Larry Kudlow is JFK and the Reagan Revolution, The Secret to American Prosperity. Dr. Brian Dimitrovic, welcome to the show. Hi, Kevin. It's really nice to be with you. Well, it's great to have you. You're always my guest when we have a big milestone that occurs in the show. So you were the perfect guest for the, the very first day of our expansion to two hours. 
Great. I'm really happy to hear that. You know, I'm uh, ready to talk. Okay. Well, let's let's jump in here. So much has happened, Brian, since we last talked. And inflation is at 40-year highs. Government spending is out of control. Uh, can we reclaim our American prosperity? I think, as always, Kim, we have to expect that the natural rhythm, the natural course of the American economy is to boom really well. That's the natural course. So if we don't see that, we know that we have knocked ourselves off the natural course. And certainly for the last 20 years with our sub-2% growth, except for those Trump years, and our incredible monetary creation and now our 7% inflation, we can say we've knocked ourselves off course. Um, I think it's actually a relatively easy matter to get us back on course, but we have to have the will and we have to have good decision-making at the levels of policy. Well, Brian, as I have looked at the policymaking of the Biden administration, it's terrible policies that have gotten us to this point with this inflation, uh, our energy prices up so much. It's because of uh, Democrat policy that has, has made this happen. Yeah, so we, um, I have a diagnosis of the inflation that we're experiencing right now. I think it's very similar to that of the 1970s. We hear all the time about the 1970s. Last time we had double-digit you know, high inflation, averaged about 7, 8% actually throughout the decade. Now we're at 8 um, We always hear it was the energy crisis, that unions were demanding more wages, the consumer was purchasing. It was the me decade, all this stuff. Well, what happened at the beginning of that decade is the United States went off the gold standard, 1971. Well, when you go off the monetary system of the ages, when you go off, say, the gold standard, there's going to be about a 10-year period in which everyone in the world wonders, what on earth is this piece of paper worth? Therefore, we had the 200% inflation over those years. I think we're seeing something similar right now. Oh, you want to have a $30 trillion deficit. You want to talk about AOC's tax rates at 60 70%. You want to pay people not to work. You want to build back better. Oh, what on earth is your economy worth? Prove it. And until then, people are going to start shedding the dollar. But when we prove it, when we get back to that course, boy, are you going to see a rush back into 5% per annum growth. Brian, as I look at the policies of the Biden administration, it looks to me like they're trying to, I know these are strong words, but to destroy our economy. I mean, coming in and, and shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline, not allowing drilling on public lands, but going to dictators throughout the world asking for more oil, that just doesn't make any sense to me, Brian. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to the Babylon Bee either, and that's why uh, the Babylon Bee, the satirical site, uh, said the other day that Russia, that uh, Biden is going to resell Alaska back to Russia so that he can buy oil from it. You know, because <laughs> he only buys... <laughs> right. That's funny. So, yes, the easy thing to do would be to open the Keystone Pipeline to allow drilling. I mean, California has enormous oil resources. That would be easy. I mean, the hard thing to do is actually to go to Venezuela and all that stuff. So... When you see people really trying to do hard things, you realize that there's that natural course right there that's easy to get to. That's what I'm saying about the American electorate. If the American electorate has its wisdom and really trounces the incumbents this November and then puts in a quality candidate in November 2024, I think you're going to see an anticipatory boom like you saw before Trump came in. You know, I mean, stock market was about 11,000, 12,000, and all of a sudden, boom, there's 24,000. 30,000. I'm talking the mid-teens, you know, as 
Trump was just getting prepared as Obama was on a sunset. Um, uh, you know, Joe Biden is a, is a 1972 union politician. That's what a standard State of the Union sounded like. And America is way beyond that right now. Well, people have – we've been kind of fat and happy in a way for the last 20 years or whatever as far as a lot of people hadn't been paying a lot of attention to politics. And, of course, the Trump years were a bit of an anomaly because I think that we were, from a political standpoint, on this trajectory of this bigger government control – uh, paying people not to work, all these things that you're describing. And then Trump comes in, lowers rules, lowers regulations, lowers taxes. He never got the spending lowered, uh, which was frustrating, but he did get some of those good things going. And I, I think he thought if he could really get the economy clicking, that that we would be able to start to bite off that deficit and government spending. D- do you think so, Brian? I mean, you put your finger on it. I mean, let's remember the economy of 2019. It really was something else. The poverty rate was at its lowest, I believe, in the history of the statistic. I know that the African-American unemployment rate was at its lowest in the history of the statistic 50 years in 2019. Uh, First year of sequential 3% growth in ages. Um, You let that run for any period of time. I mean, the corporate tax revenue uh, with repatriation, oh, boom. You let that run for any period of time. You're talking about three, three-plus growth for any period of time. There's no reason to pay people not to work. So there goes that portion of the deficit. There's all sorts of new people on the tax rolls, paying Social Security and everything else. All sorts of investment. So it's very hard to sustain blowout spending programs when people are enthusiastic about getting work and that work is paying. It's very difficult to do that. Ronald Reagan proved that through the 1980s and the 1990s. And we were, just, we were set up for that scenario in 2019 when that nasty virus hit the next year. Boy, what's your comments about that? Well, I, yeah, I mean, it's very convenient. I mean, you know, kind of the uh, cosmic enemies of the United States wanted to knock it off course. Okay, they got it done, but you know, that's over. Um, I'll just say right now in the geopolitical situation, um, there's one country that is eternally dependent on the flourishing and complete flourishing of the American economy, and that is China. If the United States economy does not flourish like mad, there is no relative price structure for China to import. I mean, the United States economy tells us what shoes are worth versus windows, what cell phones are worth versus cars. China is a command economy. There is no command economy in history that has ever set up a correct relative price structure. If the American economy really collapsed, China would as well collapse because it would have no idea how to price investment. So it is in China's, I think, eternal interest forever, because they have a communist country, for the United States to flourish. And that's my geopolitical comment. Okay, but it seems that China's been rattling their saber regarding Taiwan, which, what's your thoughts about that, Brian? Well, I, I think China understands its geopolitical dependency. I think it understands that it really needs a flourishing American economy. They haven't fixed their currency to the dollar for nothing without that understanding. China understands it's fixed to the dollar, imports the relative price structure of the United States. That gets investment moving in the correct direction in China. That has never happened in the command economy. You take that away, and the command economy collapses. So... Uh, China understands that I mean, it's fixed to the dollar is, I think, sufficient evidence to indicate that it understands it, need, it needs a flourishing American economy permanently. And what is a command economy? 
green economy is one where the leaders say, invest here, invest here. They tell the people with money, or the banks, you invest in this factory, you invest in that thing, you invest in that thing. That has never resulted in any kind of prosperity, never in, in human history. The only time you've had mass prosperity is when you have organic growth like we have here in the United States. You have all these billions of products, and they are in relative prices to each other. Those relative prices then send signals to every other command economy where to put money. Oh, you know, you don't put $10 trillion into the manufacture of toothpicks. You put that into, you know, something really is worth something. And that's what the United States communicates to command economies, and that's why command economies can succeed. Okay, Brian, but isn't the Green New Deal, isn't that uh, trying to create a command economy here in, in, well, here in Colorado, but here in America? Without any question, of course. I mean, you can be, you can be a a leftist, uh, you can be a wannabe 21st century Marxist, and try to ape the command economy, and of course that will attenuate and enervate the American economy, right. Um, But if the American economy is in its natural course, uh, its flourishing um, will be the basis of all command economies flourishing in the world. Now, Brian, I not, had not really thought about this, about how dependent China is. And my friend Helen Raleigh, who had immigrated from China, uh, we had talked about tariffs. And I've, I've always thought, hey, I want a free market. But we weren't playing with it. And I think you were probably the first one that really told me this. We weren't, It wasn't really a free and fair economy out there because like in China you'd have government subsidizing different products like steel to compete with American steel and so when Trump put the tariffs on China that was one of something that really hurt them because as you mentioned they need our markets to sell their products so that their people uh, actually are, are thriving and flourishing more than they they used to right Yes, the Trump tariffs were an interesting case. In general, of course, they're totally for free trade. Um, but tariffs have a, an immense history in American political economy. I mean, it's really the only form of federal taxation for a very long stretch in the 19th century. Um, so it, the other thing about, about tariffs is that they're voluntary. You can't compel somebody to pay a tariff. They simply don't have to sell their product in your country. Whereas something like the income tax is necessary. I mean, you have to earn income in whatever situation you're in to live. So therefore, you cannot escape an income tax. So there are there are a lot of attributes to tariffs that are much more market-oriented than these mandatory taxes that we have domestically. So if there was to be a regime shift towards foreign taxation as opposed to domestic taxation, we'd simply be going back to the model of the 19th century in which the United States you know, grew at 5-6% per year, became the greatest economy of the world. We can have those discussions. Um, I mean, I know the steel industry pretty well, having grown up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And when I see the the Pennsylvania income tax there and all these federal taxes on income and capital, I really wonder why we say that our economy is uncompetitive when we have all those burdens on capital and labor. It is amazing. And people uh, talk about so much of our manufacturing that moved offshore well, American consumers are looking for a good product at a good price. And when we have all of this cost of labor and all of these taxes, it was somewhat organic for companies to move that manufacturing offshore. And again, it was because of government policy that made labor so expensive. 
Jim, I don't know that I've, I've told you that Arthur Laffer and I, along with our, our colleague Gene Sinkfield, are publishing a book probably out this summer called Taxes Have Consequences. And it's a his, an income tax history of the United States. It's a history of how the income tax has affected the American economy since its start in 1913. And two of our chapters about, were about the rise of these state income taxes. It was in, only in the 1960s, late 1960s, that Pennsylvania started an income tax. Ohio started an income tax in the early 1970s. New York had an income tax uh, up to 15%. Illinois started one. What am I describing? I'm describing the Rust Belt defining itself in the late 1960s and into the 1970s. New Jersey, 1965, neither a sales tax nor an income tax. All these things came on big. And lo and behold, what do we call that place 10 years later? The Rust Belt. Rust Belt didn't exist as a name before those state income tax impositions. Ten years in, we call it the Rust Belt. So this stuff about foreign competition, offshoring, I'm interested. But I want to know how we're poking ourselves in the eye, and I think we've identified it in this book, Taxes Have Consequences. Oh, I can't wait until that comes out. Dr. Brian Dimitrovic, we're going to go to break. He is an economic historian, has a new book coming out with Arthur Laffer. And who's your other author on that? Uh, Gene Sinkfield, one of the great uh, principals of the Fund Dimensional Fund Advisors. Okay, very good. And uh, he has co-authored the book JFK and the Reagan Revolution with Larry Kudlow. It's The Secret to American Prosperity. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute, to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support as we're searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And in that 745 to 8 o'clock segment, uh, we're taking call-ins. So get your questions ready, and uh, we'll try to address those. On the line with me is Dr. Brian Dimitrovic, economic historian, great author, has written the book JFK and the Reagan Revolution, The Secret to American Prosperity with uh, with Larry Kudlow. Uh, first question Oh, I, I just a thought. As you mentioned this about China, you always have you always make me think, and you always give me hope. But if, in fact, you know all of these different products that we see uh, made in China, if we in America pull back on our spending because of all of this inflation, and we quit buying these products, 
then China does have a real problem because then they don't have anybody to sell this to, correct? Yeah, Kim, if I, if I might draw a distinction, uh, it's not necessarily trade flows. You know, what the, the markets that China has in the United States or that the United States has elsewhere that matters so much to China. It's actually the domestic American economy that matters so much to it. It's the United States economy. It's the what we call the relative prices in the United States compared to each other, uh, because that determines how investment is allocated. I mean, if a, if a computer costs a thousand dollars and a piece of paper costs ten cents, then that reflects how investment has flowed. There's been a lot of investment into the production of computers, therefore it costs money, and there's been very little investment into into paper production, therefore it is not a lot of money. And that relationship over billions of products is what is communicated to China in their fixed exchange rate to the dollar. That matters more than anything to China, more than any market they have in the United States, no matter how many hundreds of billions they sell in the United States. That relative price structure in the U.S. is what matters to China because it tells them how to allocate investment. Oh, you don't put a trillion dollars into the production of a piece of paper, you put it into making a computer. Got it. And then all of a sudden their capital is allocated correctly which never happens naturally, organically, under command economy. So they have to have the United States domestic economy flourish. So it, arguably, they should be opposed to Build Back Better. Okay. Okay, what about Putin-Ukraine? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, of course, our thoughts turn back to Ronald Reagan. I mean, every time there is um, a kind of a, a hack, democratic, uh, let's have another New Deal uh, kind of president, I think, as well as people like Jimmy Carter, if not Lyndon Johnson. Uh, he got us into Vietnam. Um, then FDR himself, of course, we know how his latter two terms were preoccupied after his New Deal. And I do have always seen a direct relationship between uh, the New Deal and the coming of World War II. Um, yeah, I mean, when you, have, when you have the American economy just pulling itself, itself out of a malaise, out of torpor, with doubling, tripling its rate of growth, with the defeat of inflation, with this epic like you had in the early 1980s. The dictators of the world, Mikhail Gorbachev, who had to replace all the ones in the Soviet Union, uh, just get well real fast. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of political economy we need right now. Okay. Okay. And the American people need to step forward at this next election. Uh, and, and it's not just electing Republicans. It's electing candidates who believe in this this American idea of lower taxes, lower rules, lower reg- regulations. Because there's Republicans that I've seen that they want big government. They just want to be the ones to tell people what to do. So we need to make sure that we're electing limited government Republicans. Quickly, time always goes way too quickly, Brian, when you're on the show. But this piece that you've written recently in Forbes, Inflation, Omen of Creative Destruction. Explain that to our listeners. Yeah. So as I say, Kim, I've been thinking a lot about the last inflation in the 1970s, average 8% per year. We're now at 8 uh, That happened in the 10 years after the United States went off the gold standard. So everyone knows what the dollar's worth. It's worth an ounce of gold. Wait, it's not worth an ounce of gold. What on earth does it work? And so there's a 10-year period of depreciation until Reagan cut tax rates, and people said, okay, now I know what it's worth. So there's been a lot of complaints about the Federal Reserve, about you know fiat money, about bureaucrats in Washington, and there's just been deaf ears in D.C. about that. Nobody's done anything about shoring up the value of the dollar. They just kind of have blown. I mean, Biden's real first comment on inflation was basically last week. 
So I think as creative destruction has completely overturned journalism, retail, now cars, you name it, which is the tech revolution, I find it very hard to believe that the biggest market in the world, which is the market in money, is not going to be uh, overturned by the creative destruction of the tech industry. So I think Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies have sent a real strong signal to places like the Federal Reserve. You don't get your act together, we're going to privatize the monetary system. And don't think we won't, because we'll privatize every other business out there. What do you think of retail? <laughs> what do you think of journalism? You know, you think we can't privatize the monetary system? You bet we can. So I think there's a period now that's not being undertaken in which people wonder, what is this fiat dollar really worth? Because in 15 years, we're probably going to have a private monetary system. And if that occurs, I predict great global growth. Wow, that's fascinating. I know so many millennials that are so in, so into this cryptocurrency. And I know myself, it's like, I'm just trying to figure out what that means exactly, Brian. Yeah, and those are the, that's the future. <laughs> the, the teenagers and 20-somethings and, you know, kids today, that's the future. They're totally into it, and they're like, we've been telling you for ages we don't like this little paper fiat money from the Fed. If you simply don't listen to people in this day and age, in this productive tech age, it'll just be creative destruction out of existence, and you'll just have a new reality to deal with. If that occurs, I, you know, we'll have a great monetary system like we used to when, when money was private. Okay. What about China and creating a digital currency? Well, yeah. I mean, China has its authoritarian streaks. Is going to try to you know, kind of financialize the economy. We saw this in Justin Trudeau in Canada, uh, where they you know make it impossible for you to conduct a transaction outside of their system. I found it very hard to believe that you know the brains in Silicon Valley and all those gamers, those Fortnite people in the United States, all the the smarties uh, can't overcome that. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that the Chinese could outwit the tech revolution. Wow. I can't, I can't imagine that happening. Wow. Okay. We cover a lot of ground when you're on. We've got a, a couple of minutes left. How would you like to button all this up for our listeners? Because you always, when, you always have hope in all of this, which people are looking for that right now, Brian. Well, I would like to say that the, the time for action is now. We have to uh, really increase our intolerance of uh, the Joe Biden hack politics of the early 1970s, which is really what he, what he represents, and all that kind of faux romanticism of the squad and AOC and the New Deal. Now is the time just to stiffen up and expel that stuff from polite discourse, because it's, 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 it, it now has, has geopolitical consequences that are very negative. So it's time for an early 1980s moment, and that's you know, what the electorate has to, uh, has to produce. Okay, and we've got one minute left. Uh, do you have any comments regarding election integrity? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think if you have a huge, huge turnout when you, uh, huge so-called turnout, uh, over, you know, 10 million more than you used to, uh, suddenly, because you have a lot of mail-in ballots, uh, the prima facie case for fraud is uh, excellent. So uh, I think, you know, you really want to have good elections in the most famous democracy in the history of the world. And if the prima facie, even the prima facie case for fraud is excellent, um, you should be really concerned about shoring up your election system. Okay. And I, I really think that's one of the most critical issues out there right now, Dr. Brian Dimitrovic. So, again, I so appreciate you joining us. And as I mentioned, you are normally the, the guest when something big happens on the Kim Munson Show. You're the first guest there. And so thanks so much for joining us today. 
and congratulations on the two-hour show. Thanks so much. And that's Dr. Brian Dimitrovic. And be sure and check out his piece at Forbes Inflation, The Omen of Creative Destruction. And he's an author. One of his most famous books is JFK and the Reagan Revolution, The Secret to American Prosperity. And uh, my friends, stay tuned. We've got another hour. And uh, at the very end of the next hour, you can ask us questions. We would love to have you call in. Our quote for the end of the day is Charles Schultz. He says, a good laugh and a long sleep are the two best cures for anything. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. God bless America. And we'll be right back. And before you run away, maybe it's a good time to maybe... uh post a number? Oh, yes. <laughs> that call-in number would be 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. Thank you, Producer Steve, and we'll be right back. Fast on a rough road riding high Through the mountains climbing Twisting, turning further from my home Young, like a new moon rising, fierce through the rain and lightning. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into to a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. This is our part two, our second hour, our inaugural second hour. Steve, we kind of blew through that first hour really fast. We still have a lot to talk about. Blew through doesn't even begin to cover it. I mean, it seems like it was three minutes ago we were doing hour one. I know. Wow. I know. So we've got a lot of great information. My friend Andy Berger uh, with Voices Against Trafficking will be joining us in segments two and three. Segment four, we are saving for all of you. Uh, to call in. That that number is 303-477-5600. And we'd like to have you comment on anything that we're commenting on today. And Friday, though, will be Open Line Friday on Fridays. Uh, so, uh, again, check out the website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. I get to work with a lot of really great people. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. And uh, thank you to each and every one of you who listen. You're treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. I want to give a shout out to Bob in Michigan. He is listening. He said he's going to be listening to both hours. Uh, He is a good friend, and so a shout out to Bob. You are such a great supporter of the show. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Bob's been with us for quite some time. A long time. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to say, hey, because he had texted me and said congratulations on the 
on the next hour. Uh, we will in the first segment, though, in case people have not listened to it, we will uh, hit our quote of the day as well as the bill of the day. And our quote for today is from Charles Schultz. He was born in 1922. He died in 2000. And he was an emotional genius. Uh, October 3rd, 1950, Peanuts first debuted in seven newspapers under the United Features Syndicate. It was developed by Charles M. Schultz. He was raised Lutheran in Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Kind of had that, you know, that Midwestern look on things. And uh, Peanuts ran for nearly 50 years, was published in 2,600 newspapers, 75 countries, and 21 languages, Steve. Well, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish the thought here or, or add a thought to it. Go ahead. Give us the quote. The quote is, worrying won't stop the bad stuff from happening. It just stops you from enjoying the good. And like I said, I think, think I said in the first hour, I could have used that yesterday because everything was bearing down on me. But what I wanted to say about Schultz, and it's almost a tragedy, his work now is all over social media, but it's being abused because... They'll grab a picture of the characters that we all know, and the text that they put in having the characters speaking four-letter words. And I think, Aww. that's that's tragic. Well, that that goes to segue into the uh, the there was a pro-life rally down at the Capitol on Saturday. And apparently there were protesters. Some said that maybe they they think they were uh, paid protesters, but they were standing back behind all those that were there for the, I guess it wasn't, a, well, it was a rally, a pro-life rally. And the protesters apparently had bullhorns, sirens that sounded like police sirens, just trying to drown out the voices of, of those that were speaking. And uh, I saw some pictures. There weren't that many of them, but apparently the just kind of the hatred, the vile stuff that was coming out of their mouth was just terrible. And I imagine they probably then went and um, got in their car and probably had the uh, the uh, coexist sticker on the back of their car or something. They only want to coexist if you totally agree with them. And this piece of legislation that is going through Colorado the the state house right now and will be headed to the governor's desk basically codifies the death of children it means that you could actually abort a child right up until the moment of birth my friends we have to dig down and say is this okay with us because if it is okay with us then where do you draw the line then is it grandma or grandpa because they're getting too old or is it somebody because they've been in a car accident i mean where do you draw the line? You either stand for life or you don't, Steve. And this country was founded on this idea that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And when women say, my body, my choice, they forget that people only have one heartbeat. If there's two heartbeats, then there's two people in there. And we need to make sure that we we protect the vulnerable and, and also act with compassion towards the mother. The other thing is, my friends, Planned Parenthood was founded by a racist, by Margaret Sanger. And there's no accident that many of the Planned Parenthood facilities are located in inner city neighborhoods. Just draw that correlation as well, Steve. Well, uh, something you mentioned in our pre-call regarding the events on Saturday that I guess really needs to be said here. Those under your 
from your point of view, and I think it's correct, is that those protesters were most likely professional protesters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least that was the read from somebody there. They said that they thought that they were probably paid po- uh, protesters. They, they sound like they were a little too well equipped. Too well equipped, yes. Um, let's quickly talk about the bill of the day. House Bill 22-1121. Sponsor is Lisa Cutter. She is a Democrat. She's a public relations consultant. And guess what? She wants to figure out a way to get some money to kind of chosen local media. And that would be primarily newspapers that said online doesn't talk about talk radio in there. And probably because talk radio uh, really is is searching for truth and clarity. Hmm. Uh, So most interesting. But this is not the proper role of government. It's not the role of government to pick winners and losers. And if she perceives that small companies are not buying advertising because taxes are too high, this talks about a tax a tax credit, if she perceives that people are not in buying advertising because taxes are too high, then lower taxes across the, the board. This also then would create another uh, bureaucr- bureaucracy for people to have to report to as well. So again, House Bill 22-1121, it's not the proper role of government, picks winners and losers. If, in fact, a tax credit is what's necessary for people to advertise, then how about just reducing taxes across the spectrum? Um, Before we go to break, let's see. There's a couple of other things I wanted to mention. Can I make a comment on that bill, though? Sure. I was busy getting Andy up here. Um, Remember the the one that we covered uh, back in February? I think it was February. The uh, plastic spoon bill? (laughs) I think this one needs to be parked right next to that one. Steve, when you look at what's going on in the world, can you believe that here in Colorado that that there's this piece of legislation, what you're referring to is there is a law that they want to pass that says that if you are going to get takeout, you have to ask for a spoon or like if you're going through, you know, getting chili at Wendy's or whatever, you have to ask for a spoon instead of them just giving you a spoon. Yes, and we need government to oversee that. But in this particular one, how about conflict of interest between the, the supporter and the ultimate goal of the bill? Can't we... Is there mm-hmm. anything in there that would maybe filter that out? So there's been this narrative out there that one party is for the big guy and the other party is for the little guy. But what we're realizing is, is and actually it can happen on both sides of the aisle. Don't want to, to indicate that it doesn't. But yes, we are, are drawing a correlation here between sponsor Lisa Cutter, public relations consultant, Democrat, and she's pushing through a bill that would very possibly help support her industry. That is not representative government. That is cronyism. Okay. We're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, Castlegate Knife and Tool is a great sponsor of both my shows, The Kim Munson Show and America's Veterans Stories. They are a family-owned business. They're truly entrepreneurs. They're located right here in Sedalia, Colorado, and they have knives from the best blade makers from throughout the world. Now, we're going to be coming into wedding season here. Uh, and, of course, there's birthdays, Mother's Day, all of these different holidays coming up. Castlegate Knife and Tool is a place, a great place to get a gift, particularly um, a knife set or steak knife set. Steak knife set. Uh, if the person you're buying a gift for is a chef, Castlegate Knife and Tools is the place for you. Father's Day is around the corner. And if your father is a sportsman or collector, Castlegate Knife and Tool is the place for you as well. So be sure and check out castlegate.com. That's castlegate.com. We'll be right back with Andy Berger. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. 
That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. On the line with me is Andy Berger. She is the founder of Voices Against Trafficking. Uh, also Beulah's Place. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. It's good to be back. It's great to have you here. And you are our first featured guest in our new expanded show in our second hour. So it's just a great honor to have you on the line. Well, congratulations on that for sure. <laughs> More Kim Munson is always better. <laughs> well, I tell you, it's it's going by really quickly. And Andy, when you and I were talking about getting you on the show, this seemed like the perfect spot to do it uh, because you're doing such great work. And I, I was thinking about it with COVID, with now this whole Ukraine that's in the news. We haven't totally thought a lot about human trafficking. The border, our southern border, is wide open. Uh, human trafficking is a, a multinational criminal enterprise. And we haven't had a conversation about this, so I need some updates. Absolutely. No worries. And you're right. It seems like uh, human trafficking seems to be the topic that goes under when there are other things happening. But uh, we know for a fact that it happens regardless of what the world is going through. And so uh, we are still trying to figure out just how many people coming through the borders, what that means with all the kids, because obviously there's no reporting. Nobody's vetting what is happening down there. But you know, even on a day-to-day basis, Kim, we know that every 40 seconds in America, a child 18 years or under is abducted, which means they're taken or they're lured into something that seems safe or seems reasonable, uh, and then they're gone. And so for the people out there who think, oh, it doesn't happen in my neighborhood, well, it does. Uh, Just the predators look different. And we also know that with the lockdowns and the whole COVID thing the last couple of years, that the internet is now the number one recruiting tool for human traffickers and predators. So we have a different kind of fight than we had a little bit uh, ago, but you know, with with voices against trafficking, with people like you out there trying to get uh, the awareness out, we're trying to make as uh, great strides as we can. But we need to be collectively committed as a community, as a national community against this evil. So, Andy, I was thinking about this. So out here in Colorado, Colorado has, has become very radical. And 
we had a sex education bill a few years ago that went through. And first of all, our kids are falling behind. We had uh, a candidate on, Brandy Bradley, uh, in the first segment where she said in Douglas County that kids are 50%, only 50% of the kids are proficient in math and reading. And, you know, we, we look back at education, a classical liberal education, where kids were taught how to read, write, do arithmetic, cursive, science, history, civic knowledge. And out of that generation, you know, those little public, those little one-room schools, people had great educations. And now our kids are falling behind. But then what has also happened is there's only a certain amount of hours in the school day, and and choices are being made on what to taught, be, or what to teach. And mm-hmm. here in Colorado, there was a radical sex education bill that went through that I feel is grooming kids, uh, having kids think about things that might not even be crossing their mind instead of teaching them the things that they really need for a full and flourishing life handy. Well, and, and that's very true, whether it's Colorado or anywhere else, because we have a lot of people pushing an agenda to let kids make their gender choices, you know, at five or, or to teach them about things that really belong, I believe, personally, in the parents' uh, purview. You know, the parents should ought, or the guardian, whoever is in charge of that child, ought to be able to choose the appropriate time to have the sex education talks or or whatever it is. Uh, or if the child does have questions about their sexuality, but, but right now we don't have that anymore. That is not respected. And so that also brings with it, you know, if you have a child that's being introduced to certain uh, physical activities or certain um, sexual sexualizing uh, propaganda or whatever you want to call it uh, that you're right they may not have been thinking about that but now suddenly it's being presented to them as hey this is okay but guess what you know the predators also know that and so especially when kids are confused already you know about what's going on in life with all of the changes they've had in the last two years why isn't math and reading and all that stuff being taught uh, versus some of these other things but in my quote unquote business uh, we have desensitized the entire community globally nationally to the value of children um, to their rights to uh, have their physical beings protected their minds protected and that makes them even more vulnerable, Kim, to predators online, to chat rooms they shouldn't be in, to certain kinds of games that have hidden issue or rather hidden propaganda in the middle. So if you're a mom and you're watching a game, you're, you may not get to the ugly part if you're just watching it for five or ten minutes with your kid and you think, oh, hey, that's okay, it's safe, it's all good, when it's really not. So a lot of stealth. Uh, agendas being forced on our kids, which make them more vulnerable. So with Voices uh, Against Trafficking, just tell us the kind of the progression, because you have become a national voice in this particular arena. You actually experienced this as a child. And so you have this um, this compassion, this understanding, this empathy uh, regarding this particular issue. And so tell us a bit about your journey on this to get to Voices Against Trafficking. 
Absolutely. As you said, I was a, a victim of child sex trafficking, familial trafficking, family members, uh, way back when, before there was a term. So for 17 years, I was stuck. I was in prison, so to speak, uh, and I was locked up a lot of times, but uh, just the abuse, all of that violence. So I do have a sensitivity to other kids, other young people who are being uh, persecuted that way, really. So uh Voices Against Trafficking actually came out of Beulah's Place, the shelter my husband and I had, where we rescued at-risk homeless teens off the streets, and it began uh, becoming the voice for this issue, at least uh, in Central Oregon and other areas. And uh, after 13 and a half years and assisting or rescuing 300 kids and housing and putting some through college, uh, there was just this nudge, you know, like a God nudge is what I call it. And Voices Against Trafficking birthed in 2019. Our first event was on Capitol Hill. And basically our goal is to bring together national and international partners that are dedicated, committed to eradicating the business of human trafficking. Uh, No human being should be used for profit. So we're individuals, as you know, uh, we are so blessed to have you as one of our charter media members and uh, contributor to our next book. But uh, we're corporations, we're survivors, we're nonprofits, we're all types of human rights advocates and media and legislators. So all together, collectively, we are stronger. And so, you know, one of our goals is to create that greater awareness about what human trafficking is worldwide, how the everyday person, whether it's Colorado or Oregon or Florida or wherever, you know, can be part of the solution and that uh, we really want to break the myth that it doesn't happen here. We have a nice neighborhood. Well, and talking about the kind of the political side of this, uh, and President Trump, and again, I had mentioned in the first segment I was talking to a young woman, she said, I didn't really like his tweets. I didn't, maybe, I didn't like it. This is what she said. She didn't really like his personality, but she said, I liked him as my president. And he actually was a president that took action against human trafficking, correct? Yes, yes. In fact, nine pieces of legislation in, that, in uh, three and a half years of that administration were passed. In fact, the day he was ignite, ignite, I'm sorry, inaugurated, um, he signed legislation and he created a ta- uh, task force. And I think it was upwards of 6,000 predators were arrested and convicted. It was a very strong stance against human trafficking. And of course, you know, the border issues and things like that. So in my lifetime, my 60 years, you know, that is the one president that I can say, he really went out and did something about this issue. He made it a priority. And unfortunately, that has been lost in the last year and a half or so. And what about the border? what, um, What is amazing to me, let's see here, Patty had found this there's a headline here that in this big omnibus bill that there is uh, funding here we go here it is funding border security for eight foreign nations but yet our border is uh, basically like an open door it's like a sieve and Mm -hmm. it's not compassionate to do that it's not compassionate because these kids that may be coming over then they they disappear and they very possibly are not disappearing into good stuff. Oh, absolutely. I'd like to know where the compassion is when we allow thousands and thousands of children to be brought over the border or dumped over the walls 
and then they're either scooped up uh, by predators, cartels who are using them, you know, as product, as commodities. Uh, about a year and a half ago, the going rate was $3,200 to buy a child to do whatever you wanted with them. But where's the compassion? Where are they housed? Who's feeding them? Who's checking on their medical care? How are they getting educated? If they don't speak English, how are they communicating? So, you know, all those things. I don't know where the compassion is in that, Kim, to be honest. What I do know is that uh, the cartels kind of control that whole border, and they are out for profit, you know, whether and drug running and other things. But basically, they can take these kids and they can sell them. And then once they're here, you know, who who is helping these children? Where's the compassion for them? And where are the families that are supposedly connected to them? Nobody's vetting that out. The little bit that has been vetted is well below what should be done. Well, that's why this work is so... Our children are... They're our future. We we must protect them. We have a duty. We have a duty uh, to do so. I'm talking with Andy Berger. She's my my good friend. We've not met in person yet, but we've had a lot of great conversations. And uh, she's the founder of Voices Against Trafficking. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Andy Berger. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You should not have to force people to do that. And uh, the show comes to you because I have great sponsors and, of course, all of you who support the show as well. But one of those is Kirsch Insurance Group, and they are specialists in the Medicare arena. And this whole Medicare thing, get government involved, it really makes it very complicated. And uh, Danielle Green, Marlon Kirsch, all those over there at uh, Kirsch Insurance Group can help you navigate through this and find what would be the best plan for you. The other thing that's so great about it is I've heard many people talk about Medicare and say, oh my gosh, I gotta try to get this bill figured out or whatever. Kirsch Insurance Group, they will do that for you. It doesn't cost anything. So be sure and check out ikirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com. That's ikirsch.com. And again, thank them for being sponsors of the Kim Munson Show. Uh, Andy Berger, uh, let's continue on your your journey. As you mentioned, you were uh, trafficked as a child, uh, and and you have have healed through that. I, I think it's important that people, women, both men and women, realize that you can overcome this. It takes a, it takes work, but you can overcome this. Correct, Andy? 
Absolutely. I mean, you can't undo what's been done. That will never change. And that's one thing a lot of people, they hear statistics, but they don't think about what a predator has stolen, not just innocence, but it's a life sentence for a victim. But the great thing is, Kim, like you said, you can create a new normal. Healing is hard work but it's worth it to get to the other side. Uh, some people just don't want to do the hard work. Other people, uh, they need the right resources, you know, and a lot of times there aren't the proper resources for victims or for someone who's been um, had a sexual assault or any of those things that fall under uh, being exploited or violated. But, yes, absolutely there's healing, and it starts with choice. I choose or I want to heal. I'm willing to do the work or whatever it takes to get to that to that point where I can have have successful relationships. You know, my husband and I have been married for 22 years, and so we can have successful relationships. We can have successful friendships. And those things, I want those who have been hurt to know there is hope and that there's still a purpose and a plan for you that that does not have to define you. Yes, it's part of your life. It's an event or a series of events or years of events that happened, but you are worth um, having a purpose and a hope. So that's one of the reasons I speak. I mean, I could talk about a lot of things, right? <laughs> but um, I feel like this is my calling to let people know, no matter what has happened to you, you can move forward and you can definitely have success in all the areas of life. It just won't necessarily be easy, but it's doable. Well, and uh, we all, we do all have challenges in life. Of course, this one, this is a, this is a, this is a big one. Uh, to be um, trafficked as a child. That is a big one to get through, but it is possible. Your faith was an important component of this, correct, Andy? Absolutely. Yes. In fact, uh, things were so bad, Kim, by the age of five, that was my first attempt at suicide, and that's where God met me. I was sitting on the curb of my house waiting for a car to be coming by fast enough so I could jump in front of it. I just wanted to be dead. I never wanted to go into that house or be anywhere around those people that were using me and, and you know, physically uh, beating me and all those other things. Uh, but in that moment, as I was waiting and waiting and waiting for a car, which never came, uh, I looked into that huge sky and I thought, you know, I wonder if somebody made that. How far did it go? You know, it was so big to a little girl, uh, tiny person on the street. And I heard God's voice in my heart say, this is not the plan I have for you. You know, suicide is not the answer. And I believed it. I felt it. I, I wanted to believe that there was someone out there. And and thankfully, you know, I was right. It didn't mean that everything was easier or got better um, and that I wasn't desperate a few more times to just get out of it, you know, to leave this life. But uh, as you said, my faith was very blind and it kept me going. Uh, and the last time my birth mother tried to take my life, I was 17. So by that time, um, I, I had already come too far to end my life, if that makes sense. You know, I'd already been through so much pain that I chose to live forward and never be like those people. Andy, how could this happen with neighbors and teachers? And how, how can that happen to a child? Well, a lot of times... Kim, I think we give up our right to uh, protect our kids. We, we, we presume that 
well, the teacher or the dentist or the piano teacher or the neighbor is safe. We know them, right? We've seen them. We barbecue together, whatever it is, and we don't do our due diligence as adults. Every child deserves to have their rights protected. They need to understand that they deserve that, that that's part of being human. All of us have rights. Um, but with the teachers or the neighbor, uh, we need to do more work, find out, okay, well, maybe uh, the neighbor is safe, but what about their children? So let's say you have a girl's slumber party going on, uh, but maybe the girl's house, you know, the brothers are there. Do we know what, who their friends are? you know, what they're, what they're involved in. Um, and if you're going to leave your child with somebody for music lessons or sports, I mean, we've had national headlines about all kinds of scandals with uh, university sport programs where women uh, were violated or boys were violated. So we need to be more diligent as caretakers of our future, as you said. Our children, our youth are the future of, of not only my community and your community, but this nation. And we have not done a great job of letting them know that they're valuable enough to protect at any cost. And one, one quick thing, if I might, um, there's, you know, one tip that's super simple to use uh, for families. Have a, have, a, have a word or a phrase that only your family members know. So let's say you have kids and they go to school or they're starting to go to movies or whatever they're doing socially. Um, they could text that word to you if they felt threatened, if they felt uh, they were in trouble if they got themselves into something, you know, just because they're kids, right? Poor judgment, mm-hmm. um, maybe got them into some trouble. You would know right away that they need you or they need help. So having just something that simple could do a lot of good and all, always having a conversation. We're not trying to police you. We're trying to protect you. So let's talk about how we can do that as a family. Okay. Next question, you, we talked about online learning, and you said the Internet has become a big recruiting ground for human trafficking. And so, you know, the, the kid goes up to their room, they've got their computer, and mm-hmm. I, I think that parents are somewhat naive on this. What can parents, what can families be doing to help protect their children? Well, there are some safeguards, you know, and I'll give you a quick example. Even with passwords, kids are smart. They'll figure things out. So even with a password, don't presume that that is uh, an overall protection that your child will not get onto your computer. Uh, The kids that are 8, 9, 10 and have cell phones and have access to to Internet, we need to understand or or find out what are they looking at. Look at their history. Have, Have some some margins or barriers. Okay, you can use your phone or you can be on the computer this amount of time. You know, I will, I want to know what you're looking at. I want to know what games you're playing. I'm going to check them out or, you know, have some kind of boundaries for the usage. But on the other side of it, we really do have to open a conversation about not everyone is safe when you're on the computer. This is why we're interested in what you're looking at. We want to make sure that no one can hurt you because the predators are very stealth. I had an 11-year-old girl who took to the street. She wanted to be like one of the girls in the Cuties movie that Netflix had out. And she went down a very dangerous highway. She had gotten into her mom's computer. And there was obviously an older man on the other line of the chat room who pretended to be like 17 and kept telling her, oh, I just wish I could be with you, but I'm too old for you. But gosh, if you could just somehow, if we could just meet up, et cetera, et cetera. 
Well, she wanted to be like her friends. They had little boyfriends and things, and she wasn't allowed to have that. And so, thankfully, we were able to get her before anything happened. But, again, if a conversation had had been initiated about this about the situation it might have been better and and so anyway that's just one of the stories but i could go on and on about how criminal predators online have free access where there's no due diligence on the part of parents or guardians what what do you think should be the answer i'm not a censorship girl however what we've seen with facebook Twitter. Uh, I don't do. I don't really do a whole lot on all of those. But um, it. it I, I mean, I, I hate to see censorship because I think free speech is so important. But yet, we see our free speech taken advantage of. What's your thoughts on that, Andy? Well, that's a big question, Kim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I do believe I'm. I'm with you. I only use Facebook or some of those platforms because I have nonprofits or businesses. But I don't put personal information myself. I don't want people to know things about me. You know, just in general. And if we were to educate our kids, our teenagers, about why it's important not to just give out information, not to share every every moment of their life and photos or whatever. If we don't, if you would be embarrassed down the road about a photo, then don't put it on don't do it first of all and don't put it on the internet that that is not uh, really the best way to communicate but again as far as what do we do uh, short of censorship I really believe it's responsibility we have to get accountable for the contents we have to get accountable as adults if we are putting things on there that maybe shouldn't be or if we're sharing information then our kids are going to learn that well hey that's okay mom puts everything on facebook you know Mm -hmm. with her friends so modeling being the example and also taking the time to be diligent about what are they looking at and then talk about what it is if they're looking at porn if they're talking chatting with someone who sounds like a kid explain to them how that probably isn't true or how that could be different for them and that your goal is to protect them so that they don't go through something that's irreversible. So, Andy Berger, this, uh, the website is Voices Against Trafficking. And how can people help you? What's the action step that you'd like people to take? I would love for them, one, to go to that website and get the helplines and hotlines and put them in their phones. If they see something, say something if they need it, uh, and also in, you know, the phones of their kids that are old enough to understand. So VoicesAgainstTrafficking.com, there's helplines and hotlines. March 30th, coming up, we are going to have a free uh, online anti-trafficking forum with great speakers from U.S. Marshals to industry folks to different people that will share perspectives and stories, even uh, a youth, a young boy who's like, why aren't we hearing this in school? <laughs> why isn't this right. being talked about? So we have a lot of speakers that will be on that forum. It will be free on Facebook, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific time to 12.30 p.m. So March 30th, great way to educate yourself and get information. Our book, of course, Voices Against Trafficking, The Strength of Many Voices Speaking as One. Uh, That's one way we're raising funds. Um, You can certainly donate money 
for a book, or you can buy it online at Amazon.com. That's how we keep our programs going. We are in a campaign, Kim, right now to get one of these books into the hands of every member of Congress, every governor, and every attorney general so that they are aware of what's happening. It's a great handbook to start conversations, has great information, lots of tips on how to prevent child abuse and child trafficking. But more importantly, uh, we are having them delivered uh, uh, one by one so that they can't say, we didn't know. know? I'm looking at the website. Is there a place right there to buy the book? Or do you need to go to... Uh, one of the- uh, no, there is a place. Uh, let's see. I'm going to scroll down with you because I don't look at it very often. Uh, available now on Amazon. They can go. Uh, yes, it's on the website where the picture of the book is right under that paragraph. It's. Uh, they can just click on that and it will take them to Amazon.com. Okay. Very good. And that website is Voices Against Trafficking. And trafficking is spelled T-R-A-F-F-I-C-K-I-N-G.com. And uh, again, Andy Berger, founder of Voices Against Trafficking. Thank you so much for joining us for our inaugural second hour, Andy Berger. Well, thank you, Kim. It's been an honor as always. And uh, stay in touch. You're doing such important work. And, and as we mentioned, it's it, we've kind of out of sight, out of mind with all these other things that's been going on. So, Andy, great to have you. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go to break. When we come back... Uh, This will be your opportunity to call in. When we had just the one hour, we just didn't seem to have enough time to do that. Producer Steve and I talked about this. We would love to have you call in. That number is 303-477-5600. We'd love to hear your comments about the show that we did today. And if you're shy and don't call in today, I have some other things I can talk about, but I hope to hear from you. We'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. Now, we are doing something new, which is call-ins. And I'm so excited about it. And it looks to me like we're getting full on the lines already, which is great. So if the line is busy, just be patient. The phone number is 303-477-5600. First, we're going to go to Bill in Boulder. Bill in Boulder, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? 
Hey, good morning, Kim, and uh, congrats on the new format. Thank you. Um, I wanted to, uh, I wanted you to just, if you could elaborate real quick, and I can listen offline. Um, in the last segment with Andy, you mentioned just briefly um, how in the omnibus spending bill we're going to be funding the border uh, enhancements for eight foreign countries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, just more uh, interventionist foreign policy, so it seems like the only thing we know how to do as a country anymore. So um, yeah. I was just hoping maybe you can elaborate on, on which countries and maybe some of the details or, or maybe just how much money we're going to waste on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Bill, this was from the Epoch Times. Uh, Joseph Lord is the author, and it said, uh, Democrats' $1.5 trillion omnibus legislation would provide funding for border security in eight foreign nations, many of whom are U.S. adversaries, while providing no new money for security along the U.S. border. The measure allocates $370 million to uh, enhance border security in Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman, of which $150 million alone is set to go towards border funding in Jordan. In addition, the legislation provides funding for border security measures in Libya, Nepal, and Pakistan, which is a longtime U.S. adversary. Wow. And then wow. it's, he goes on to say, as a compromise, Republican lawmakers retained about $2 billion in previously allocated border wall construction funds, but the omnibus measure contains no new funds for border security along the U.S. southern border. Bill, your thoughts? Oh, quo, obviously. And then, you know, as you were list, listing off the, 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 the names of those countries, the very first thing that popped in my mind was we're protecting our... Uh, our foreign oil uh, trade routes and, and our access to the, the oil, Middle Eastern oil, all at the expense of cheaper, more environmentally responsibly produced domestic energy. It just blows my mind that this stuff is just continuing to happen. Well, it is, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy, Bill, for sure, Bill. But people are paying attention, like you, like me, and we're talking about it. And I think people are waking up, and it makes no sense. As you mentioned, protecting. I hadn't thought of that. So very smart, Bill. Hey, Bill, thanks so much for calling us. Take care, Kim. Okay. Next, we have Kane in Fort Collins. Kane, welcome to the show. Hello, Kim. Welcome. Uh, uh, Thank you, and uh, congratulations on the new uh, format there. Well, we're excited about it. What's on your mind? So I was thinking about this, uh, the child trafficking, and, and how it's tied to the teaching of critical race theory. There was a a parent that was on the news last week down in Aurora, apparently they showed their uh, her six- or seven-year-old child a video of George, George Floyd and his death, and then proceeded to say that um, he was killed by white officers and that they should not, the children should not trust the police. And so as they look at child trafficking, if a, if a child is apprehended, by a pedophile and they're standing at a stop and go being held by this pedophile holding on to holding his hand or their hand and right next to them is a police officer in critical race theory they they teach or they taught this one kid that you should never trust the police and so who does he trust if he's standing at a counter in between a pedophile and a police officer does he reach out to the officer? I, I think not. He's six, seven years old. And he was taught by our schools. He was taught by the government workers that you should not trust the police. And so where do they turn? Does that, does that create a bigger problem for these kids? 
Kane, I hadn't even really thought about that. But uh, basically, the child has nowhere to turn, right? He has, yeah, he has nowhere to turn. And, and we are allowing these government workers, these adults, to harm our children in that fashion. Because the only logical explanation is that he will not. He will not reach out to a demon that he's been told about in their schools. And that's what they're teaching. Even with the um, school resource officers, they've demonized these people. They've demonized these great patriots. And so kids who are being trafficked or being attacked or pursued by pedophiles, who do they turn to? Oh my gosh. It's demonic and it's a sinister, it's a demonic and sinister attack on our children. And I know it wasn't about critical race theory and what they're doing, but I think it's it's all tied together. We are destroying these babies and making them defenseless. Right, and we have to stand for our children, Kane. And I know that you're doing so much great work on that. Very quickly, uh, how can people help you? Because I know you've got a great organization where you're fighting critical race theory or its iterations thereof. Yes, ma'am. I'm at Task Force Freedom at AOL, and we're also on Facebook at Task Force Freedom. And our objective is to help, hands-on help for parents with their kids and the problems that we're having with the teaching of CRT, SEL, and, you know, of course, uh, the DEI, uh, that's just an adult version of critical race theory. So, And what does DEI stand for? Um, Diversity, the, equity, and inclusion, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Hey, Kane, thanks so much for calling. I greatly appreciate it. Yes, ma'am. Okay. We have another caller. Uh, oh, we don't? Okay. I thought that we did. Then in that case, I'm going to just make a couple of other comments that I wanted to make. And the next one is regarding election integrity. My friends, the people here in Colorado down at the State House are acting like that they will never lose another election. We have people that showed up at the State House, uh, testimony well into the night, and then basically ignored what we the people had to say. And this whole election integrity thing is super important. And I feel that the Democrats, Jenna Griswold, and uh, then those on the Republican side that are saying nothing to see here, move along, nothing to see here, are trying to run out the clock. And, um, and we need to make sure that we have free, fair, and honest elections here in Colorado. And I've been thinking a lot about Mesa County Clerk and Recorder Tina Peters, who is candidate now for Colorado Secretary of State. Uh, she says that on this trusted build that Jenna Griswold came in and did on the election machines, uh, Tina Peters did her duty uh, to try to maintain that we have election integrity, and she took a forensic image of before the trusted build and after. And my understanding is is that uh, 29,000 logs disappeared on the after. So, my friends, it seems to me like that should be the question on the table. If what happened to all of that? And if, in fact, that didn't happen, then why is there all of this FBI raids and all of this pressure on Tina to get out of the race? If there was no there there, then why should there be a concern about that? Producer Steve, you want to say anything? 
Well, obviously the focus is on Tina Peters and the position she holds. But let us also kind of keep an eye open to the other counties in Colorado that Jenna Griswold is raining down on. And that would be Douglas, uh, El Paso, Elbert. What is what is so significant that the, this secretary of state is warring with all these different counties in Colorado? Well, and it's interesting that you would mention that because as I was going through headlines before we, the show opened, NBC News, this was a title that they had, Rogue County Officials Spark Fear of Growing Insider Threats to Elections. And then it goes in and it talks about uh, Dallas Schroeder there in El Paso County, uh, talks about uh, Tina Peters. And we're going to have Molly Griswold on on Wednesday, and she is the managing editor of The Federalist. And she's written this book, Rigged, regarding this last election cycle. And she's done a lot of great research. And it seems to me that no matter if you're Democrat, unaffiliated, libertarian, Republican, each and every one of us wants to make sure that each each legal vote counts. But when we look at some of the voter participation at, uh, for example, I, my understanding is, is that at some nursing homes, they had 100% participation uh, on voting. That kind of doesn't seem reasonable. And so we need to, because anytime your vote is diluted, that is a direct assault upon your vote. And if we are having such high voter turnout numbers, you mentioned in the first segment, there's the term voter suppression. They say those words, but we need to make, it's not voter suppression. There's a responsibility to vote. And I know you're keeping track. It's over 200 Oh, 200 days that people have uh, have time to get themselves registered to vote and get their proper ID, correct? 241, 241, 242. I have to run to the calendar here, but yes, that's the number of days. I, what you just said, though, in the rest of that story uh, or that point was the way that use that term voter suppression was used in this particular news show I was listening to this morning. This lady made it sound like any attempt by any legislature and she was focusing on blue states, to fix problems in our election system. She just labeled them, broad-brushed, voter suppression. And uh, and I think people are waking up to that, though. And so this is a very important Secretary of State race. Uh, we're coming into the assemblies. Uh, <clears throat> Tina Peters will need to get 30% of the vote at the uh, state assembly to get onto the ballot. And uh, I think that uh, what she's doing is very heroic. It's not easy, uh, but she's standing up for um, voter election or election integrity here in Colorado. All right, we've blown through our two hours, Steve. I can't believe it. Blown through is a great way to say it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so our quote for the end of the day is from uh, Charles Schultz, the founder of Peanuts. A good laugh and a long sleep are the two best cures for anything. So, my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Mountains climbing, twisting, turning further from my home.